0: Chapter Six of the Phantom Town Mystery. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Phantom Town Mystery by Carol Norton. Chapter Six: The Evil Eye Turquoise. The old man continued, "Sven Peterson himself never told me nothing about that evil eye turquoise o his'n." That's why I callate it was a yarn he used to skeer off unwelcome visitors to his rock-house, bein' as there was spells when he was away for days huntin' for Bodle. I heerd it was a big eye-shaped rock, with a round center that was more green than it was blue. Hangers on in the store here used to speculate bout it. Some reckoned if twas true that Sven had found a green-blue turquoise big as a coffee-cup, It'd be worth a lot of money, but I don't know, I don't know." Dora recalled Mr. Harvey's wandering thoughts by asking, "'It must have been very beautiful, but why was it called Evil Eye?' The old man shook his head. "'There was folks who'd believe anything in them days,' he said. I reckon there still is superstitious, you'd call it, so when Sven Peterson told yarns about that green blue eye o hisn there was them as swallowed em whole. Tell us one of the yarns, Mary urged well, lucky loon told round at the camps as how he put that there turquoise eye into the inside wall o his house just where it could keep watchin the door, and if anyone tried to climb in. That there I'd see em. But what if it did? Dora laughed. Was there ever anyone superstitious enough to believe that the eye could hurt them? The old man nodded, looking at her solemnly. Sven Peterson told Round that twas a demon eye, and whatever it looked at, ceptin hisself, it'd keel over paralyzed. Well, maybe it's hard to believe. But them miners, bad as some of them was, weren't takin' no chances till along come a tenderfoot feller from the east. He heerd the yarn, and he laughed at the whole outfit of em. He opined as how he'd come west to get rich quick, and he reckoned cleanin' out that rock house, uh, its gold and turquoise,'d be a sight easier than gettin' it out of the earth with pick and shovel. Yes, sir, that feller did a power a lot of boastin' but you can better believe—'twent when Lucky Loon was in here, and—'Dora glanced up at the two boys sitting so silently on the counter back of the old man. She saw that they were both listening with interest. The story was evidently as new to Jerry as to the others. Dick motioned to Dora to ask another question as the old man had paused. "'Oh, Mr. Harvey,' she leaned forward to ask, "'did that bragging boy actually try to rob Mr. Peterson?' He sure certain did," the storekeeper replied. He watched over the rocks o nights till he'd seen Lucky Loon ridin' off, and judging by the pack he was totin', that feller calculated he was goin' on one of them long rides he took off and on, hunting for bodle. Well, arter a time, he climbed up, draggin' a bag he took along to put the gold in. He peered into the rock house door and there was that eye, just as Sven had said, in the wall opposite, and it was glaring green like a cat's eye in the dark." The old man stopped talking, and swayed his shaggy head back and forth for a long minute before he satisfied his listener's curiosity. Dora found herself clutching Mary's hand, but neither of them spoke. "'The next day,' the old man continued, "'cowboys ridin' out on the road heerd screamin' then it stopped, and they couldn't place it nohow. Arter a time they heerd it again. Thinkin' as how lucky Loon was hurt, maybe, they rode in through his gate, and found that young tenderfoot feller ridin' around at the foot of the cliff. He was paralyzed, sure certain, and arter he told him about seein' that there turquoise eye, he give up the ghost. That much is true. They fetched the Tenderfoot feller in here to my store, and I seen the wild-skeered look in his eyes. Well, arter that, Sven Peterson didn't have no more need to worry about his house being robbed. Oh, I should think not! Mary shuddered. Then she glanced at her wrist-watch, thinking that they ought to go. Nine o'clock, and Mr. Harvey's store was always dark before that. They were keeping him up. But before she could suggest leaving, she heard Dora asking still another question, Mr. Harvey, when did poor Mr. Lucky Loon die? There was actually a startled expression in the deeply sunken eyes of the old man. He turned in his chair and looked up at Jerry. After all, he had not forgotten the boys in an awed voice. He asked, "Jerry, did you ever hear tell how old Sven Peterson give up the ghost?" The tall cowboy shook his head. No, Mr. Harvey. I've asked Dad, but he said it was a mystery that he reckoned never would be solved. It wa not never any mystery to me, the old man told them, but I'd been sworn to secrecy. Sven Peterson said he'd come back and haunt my store if I ever told, but I reckon there's no such thing as haunts. Anyhow, I ain't never seen a ghost, though there is folks as calls this here town haunted, mary turned startled eyes around to question jerry that boy said seriously mr harvey we'd like awfully well to know what happened to mr peterson but we wouldn't want your store to be haunted if you believe-i don't believe nothin of the sort the old man seemed to scorn the inference turning he beckoned to the boys "Stand up close sorta i won't tell it loud then maybe it won't be heerd by nobody but you Jerry stood close back of Mary's chair. Dick sat on his heels next to Dora. The wind that had rattled loose boards had gone down. Not a sound was to be heard. The fire in the stove had burned to ashes. The room was getting cold, but the girls did not notice. With wide, almost startled eyes, they were watching the old man who was again chewing on an end of his grey beard. Suddenly he cupped an ear with one palsied hand, and seemed to be listening intently. Mary clutched Dora's arm. She expected the old man to ask them if they heard a gunshot, but he didn't. He dropped his arm and commenced in a matter-of-fact tone. For the last year o' his life Sven Peterson give up minin'. He reckoned as how he'd never find his sister, and he'd just been pilin' up wealth to give to her, he said. He used to speculate about poor Bodil a lot. She'd be a young woman now, he'd say, sad-like if them bandits let her live. Then there was times when he'd hoped she'd died rather than be fetched up by robbers. He didn't talk much about anything else. Folks never knew where he went to do his buyin'. Thought as how he'd go off to Bisbee, but t'want so. He come here arter midnight so's not to be seen. He told me if Chance be Bodil was alive, and showed up arter he was dead, he wanted her to have his gold. He writ a letter in that furrin' tongue o' his, and give it to me. I got it yet. In it, he told Bodil where he'd got his fortin' hid. The old man paused and blinked his eyes hard. Mary asked softly, But she never came, did she, Mr. Harvey? That poor little Bodil, with the china-blue eyes and the corn-silk hair. No. "'She never come, and I callate late she never will. Lucky Loon didn't reckon she would, really, but he hung on till he felt death comin'. Then he told me what he was a planin' to do to hisself.' The old man glanced anxiously at Jerry, who stood with his hands on Mary's shoulders. "'It's a mighty gruesome story, the rest of it,' Jerry lad. "'Do you reckon it had better be told?' It was Dora who replied. Oh, please, Mr. Harvey, we girls aren't a mite scary. It's only a story to us, you know. It all happened so long ago." Well, as I was sayin', Sven Peterson knew he hadn't long to live. So one night there was a blizzard threatening, and it turned into as bad a one as when he first blowed into my store years back. Where was I? He looked blankly at Mary, who prompted with, So one night, when he felt that he was soon to die." Sven come to me and swore me to keep it secret what he was going to do. He said that back of his house, and openin' into it, he had a vault. He'd just left room for hisself to creep into it. Then he was going to wall it up, and lay hisself down, and die. Oh, how terrible! Dora exclaimed. Surely he didn't do that!" The old man sighed. Fur as I know he did. I seen as ow he was white, as a ghost, and coughin' suthin' awful. I told him to stay at the store till the blizzard blew over. It commonly lasted three days. But out he went, and I never seen him since. "'Poor lucky loon,' Mary said commiseratingly. "'And poor little Bodle, Dora began, when she glanced at the old man who had suddenly sat erect, staring into a dark corner. "'Oh, Mr. Harvey,' Mary whispered. Do you see that ghost?" They all looked and saw a flickering light, then Jerry, glancing up at the hanging lamp, saw that the kerosene had burned out. One more flicker and the store was in darkness. Mary screamed and clung to Jerry, but Dora, remembering her flash, turned it on. Dick, matter-of-factly, glanced about, saw the oil-can, pulled down the lamp, refilled it and relighted it. "'Thank ye, thank ye!' the old man said, I reckon that's about all there is to haunts anyhow. I never had no reason to believe in ghosts, and ain't a-going to start in now. Well, must you be going? Drop in to-morrow, and if I can find it, I'll show you that yeller old letter Lucky Loon left for his gal. End of chapter 6 Recording by Bill Borst